girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode. It's going to be super juicy for you if you are interested in Enneagram. Maybe you've heard about it. It's super trendy. Maybe you've heard me talk about it. Or you're like, I'm pretty well versed in this. If so, you're going to love this episode because I brought on the show Tracy O'Malley, who is a dear friend of mine. Honestly, she's like my chosen big sister. I love this woman so much. She is a wealth of knowledge in this space. She has been practicing and integrating the Enneagram in her life and with her clients and on her podcast, The leadership formula and at corporations like Google and, you know, to all sorts of audiences of people on how to best understand themselves. Because what's unique about Enneagram is it's not just about your behaviors and how you express yourself, but it's actually how you're motivated at the core. So I really think you're going to vibe with this episode. I cannot wait to hear what you think. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Tracy, I am so excited to have you back on the show to talk about Enneagram and really just help people gain more awareness of their own feelings and how that's resulting in certain actions that are either supportive and helpful for them or not. So let's give like an overview of somebody's listening into this episode and they aren't familiar with Enneagram or maybe they've heard about it in like a buzzword type of way. What's the Enneagram overarching? And then let's just dig right into the triads of it. Like the wisdom of the Enneagram is like that we have three brains basically, right? Which include the centers of intelligence um, within the Enneagram function. And we we function through those three different centers of intelligence. But for, for each and every one of us, there's a home where we go to first, where we process our feelings, our emotions, communication, our motives, our fears in that center of intelligence. We do use all three. So really knowing how and when to tap into those areas is really important. And also when you're dealing with other people, their home might be different than yours and where they go to first might be different. And that's usually where conflict comes, especially this time of year, you know, the holidays are coming and, and shit can go sideways really, really quickly, but having an understanding some of the system and framework that is the Enneagram will really allow you to be a more effective communicator, not take crap so personal, and also like land on people's hearts the way that you intend without all the messy, murky, misunderstood kind of crap that happens. Well, it's so, I mean, you and I obviously are such huge fans of the Enneagram and I talk about this all the time, sometimes in a light, funny way, but truly it's been so impactful in my relationships. I know in yours too, and how you parent and how my marriage is going and my friendships and my relationship with Jackie, who I work with. And I think it would be helpful for people to understand like why they need to listen into this episode as we're going to get into this juice, because, you know, For those that don't know, Tracy, you know this, obviously, but you're like my chosen big sister and someone that I would deem one of the closest people to me in my entire life that knows me so well. And obviously, you know, my husband, Cena, so well. And after we got married in April um, and we moved to Denver, 
I came to you because we were having the most friction in our marriage that we had ever had thus far in 13 years. Obviously, you know this, but for context for someone listening in, and I was really struggling because I knew Enneagram framework and I was familiar with the Enneagram and and definitely more well-versed than the average person. But it wasn't until I really understood more fundamentally reminding myself that he's motivated and he's navigating his emotions in a very different way than I do, especially with a lot of change. And um, that it was important for me to know myself and how to support myself, but also to really understand how I can impact him. So can you talk, like, give like an overarching view of these three different triads and kind of how this works? Because I feel like that's a really simple way for people to break it down rather than just like one through nine numbers. Yeah, totally. And I want you to know, like, I had the same feelings around the Enneagram when I first was learning about it. And I recognize, oh, awesome. I have a child in each of these centers of intelligence that is very, their homes are different from each other and different from me. And I need to understand their language so that they can not only receive what I feel is best for them and, you know, so they feel seen, heard, understood, valued for who they are, but also I can speak to their biggest fears and their biggest motives in a way that they feel like, oh, she gets me. She actually cares about what I think and she's not trying to just, you know, have push and, and have her own agenda towards me. And, you know, when we're talking business, relationships, marriages, uh, friendships, parenting things like being seen, heard, understood, and valued for who you are is probably the most important thing we have to understand as human beings. <clears throat> so the body center, we have the three, we have the body, the heart, and the head center. And before I go into that, you know, before we even move into the centers, you have to be able to tap into your intuition, you know, mm-hmm. because all those other things are a reaction to something, Right. But that intuition, it's why doing movement is so important and, you know, taking the time to find the quiet so that you can operate from intuition and not just reaction to everything. Uh, This will help you move through the three centers of intelligence a little bit more um, elegantly rather than feel like a chicken with your head cut off trying to like throw crap up at the wall and hope one of these things sticks, right? Which I've been there. I know it. Mm -hmm. So the body center which is the instinctual center, three types land in there, the eight, the nine, and the one. These three types are, you know, instincts is like a reaction and they're in the present moment. Like everything that they do is based on what's happening right here, right now. Uh, Their underlying emotion is anger. And so it's, it's ironic because one is called the challenger, which is a very obvious, that's what I am, very obvious when they're angry, even if they're not verbalizing it energetically, it's like, whoa, what just happened? right? But the nine called the peacemaker, you wouldn't assume that they operate from anger as well, but it just looks really, really different. It's more passive. It's more stonewalling. It's more um, procrastination. That's how they deal with the anger. And then the ones internalize that anger with criticism and perfectionism and all sorts like that. But anything that's happening in the present time, like that's immediately kind of, especially if they're triggered by something, that's kind of where they go. Mm-hmm. All three want independence, autonomy, and truth. And it's like facts right in front of me. It's like, well, I don't give a crap what happened 10 years ago. This is what's happening right now. And I know like dealing with my children, I've got one that kind of is a rewinder thinker and yeah. one that's like you that's like, but what's this mean in the future? And I'm yeah. like, well, right, here, right now, like this is the shit that's going down. Yeah. So knowing if you're like Jackie's a nine, your best friend. 
Like she's more worried about what's happening right here, right now. Not like the vision. That's where you two are great for each other. Cause she keeps you grounded, mm-hmm. but you also cast the vision so she can see past. That's why I love you in my life too. You're equally as important and valuable and close to me. Same yeah. thing with my daughter. You cast that vision. Now mm-hmm. the heart center, they're more like past thinkers because they're driven by and motivated by significance. And they they have receipts, they have the evidence, they need to go back into the highlight reel or the low light reel mm-hmm. to determine how they're going to respond, communicate, um, take action, whatever. So that heart or emotional center, the two, the three and the four all live there. Mm-hmm. Their underlying emotion is shame. Now, the twos are very um, obvious. When their shame is there, it's it's way more obvious. Some of them can look a little eight-like and kind of put up the front, but it's still kind of rooted in shame. Threes like Cena kind of just get busy and set another goal to deal with the shame or yeah. they project a little bit um, mm-hmm. some of their stuff. And then the fours internalize their shame um, and carry that with them. Um, yeah. But but this is like they're going off like where did they find significance before? And especially if they're not hitting the mark, this is how that can come out. Or if somebody is not appreciating them, acknowledging them, recognizing them for what they bring to the table, that really pisses them off. <laughs> yes. And how they go to that and what that looks like for them could look very different. And then finally, in the, the head center, that's the intellectual center five, six, and seven, all housed there. They need some certainty, right? Of some sort. Yeah. Five need certainty that they're capable, equipped. Sixes need certainty that they're not going to be blindsided. You, sevens, need certainty they're not going to be trapped um, and robbed of freedom and that all choices are available to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when that's not happening or they feel like that's going to be impeded in some way, whether it's their own doing or external forces, how that looks and the fear and anxiety is their underlying emotion. How that comes out looks really different for all three. Fives internalize it. Sixes kind of, you know, externalize it. Sometimes they go internal with it, but the sevens, how you deal with it is like, all right, shiny object. Where are we going next? (laughs) Right. Because you don't want to deal with the, the hard feelings that come with that sometimes because you guys are such forward thinkers yeah. Like, well, what's the best that can happen? What's the best that can happen? Like, so the five, six, and sevens are all in the future, future mm-hmm. thinkers. So we have to use all three of these centers, as you can imagine. Like, obviously, we got to stay present and grounded in in the moment, which you talked about at your event. Yeah. You know, a lot of us talked about things that we've been through in the past. Like, you have to go there to acknowledge so that you can move forward. And we have to be able to cast a vision for what's next moving forward. So you can see how understanding your framework and how we're all tied to each center of intelligence is really, really important. And where we go to in those centers of intelligence is super helpful. Uh, You can be the very best communicator and action taker for you and the people that you want to lead. And to do it in such an aligned way, right? Because I think it's really important, like, and we can use like Sina and and I as an example for this, right? So me being this forward thinker who my natural tendency is if I'm stuck or I don't have certainty that's going to be a positive outcome, I want to just escape it, right? That's not a very healthy natural tendency. Everybody has these negative things, but I think a lot of times women even listening into this podcast that identify as like, oh, I'm a seven. So I'm a, you know, like I just am all over the place and I'm excited. Very true. But with mm-hmm. everything, there comes another side to it, right? Which is wanting to be able to stay present 
in those feelings that aren't positive and sit with someone in it. So to that, like, I'd love if we could talk about like the idea of if you're working with someone or you're in a relationship with someone or you're parenting someone um, that isn't it that really leans into a different center than you. Like we can use Cena and I as an example, but like, how do you actually communicate with someone who, you know, is in a different center? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like having a child in each of the other two centers is yeah. very tricky. And yeah. like, I have to really pause before responding opening my mouth, any of the things. And and I want to talk to what you just said about that, that beauty and gift and superpower of the seven is the optimism, the the best that can happen. Like Lord knows we need a ton of that. And it's only your superpower when you're coming from love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace. And when, you know, back to you and Cena having friction in those early days after the wedding, you were that optimistic, positive, let's go find the fun, shiny objects, but it was coming from fear, insecurity, yes, not unworthiness, but shame, guilt, or ego, one of those things. So the very thing that's each of our superpowers can quickly turn into our kryptonite if mm-hmm. the come from is from the not so healthy place. Like my intensity is yeah. absolutely my superpower. Oh, hell yeah. But when it's not coming from love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace. I am a wrecking ball yeah. to one and anything in my past. And so you can imagine talking to a child that is in the heart center and a child that is in the head center, not necessarily the most effective parenting when I'm not in the healthier place. So yeah. how, do we, how do we speak to that? Well, it's very helpful if we actually ask deeper questions of those that we love, of those that we lead to know with, with pretty much a lot of certainty, at least what center of intelligence they fall into. So when when you and Sina were, were going through that, I kept reminding you, even though you cognitively up in your head, informationally know, yes, he's three, he's significance driven, all these things. Like, you know that, but we don't always take into our reaction to people in other centers when that's happening. Yeah. Um, With a man, my son in this uh, heart center, like Sina, I have to really lean into compassion. Mm-hmm. You can imagine somebody whose underlying emotion is shame. Like they beat themselves up enough. They really, yeah. really do. And we can add to it. You can add to it by bolting. I can add to it by intensity and yeah. make it worse. I can make it worse. So being very mindful that if I articulate this not the message, the message is going to stay the same, but the delivery of this has to be pretty good so that I don't send them unintentionally down a shame spiral. Now we're not Uh, responsible for other people's feelings, which you and I've talked a lot about that as well. Right. But we need to make sure our intention is to be of good service, even to those that we're married to or parenting or any of those things. We always want to be a good steward of, you know, our, our gifts in this world. And that includes the people we're closest to. So being very mindful that the person I'm dealing with is significance driven and shame is the go-to. Yeah. How can I help prevent that? And how can I be more effective in not keeping them stuck in that too, Mm -hmm. but also pushing them forward in a way that they feel seen, heard, understood, and valued. Very tricky when somebody is not in a good spot. Yeah. So like the, so for someone right now that's listening in where they are an Enneagram two, three, or four, or they, you know, maybe they haven't taken a test and we'll get into that so they can make sure that they know what type they are, but they have this inkling that they're in that triad, or maybe someone close to them is in that triad. 
So when we think about the heart center of two, three, or four, obviously it's expressed very differently, but like, let's speak to a little bit more of like that underlying emotion. So when you say shame, how does this come up for a two, a three, or a four? Because they might be able, the person listening into this might be able to recognize it in themselves or recognize it in somebody else. And that's what I needed the reminder of where I was like, oh, he's struggling. You know, my husband has a three, but it, yeah. the way that he shows that he's struggling is he's not bolting, which is what I would do where I'm like, I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this. He's making it really difficult on himself. And I don't want to add fuel to that fire. Right. So how do we notice that if someone we love or ourselves are in that triad? Yeah. Like compassion is compassion and patience and even yeah. like slowing down. Cause even though a three is very assertive, like the three, seven, eight, we're, we're yeah. all very assertive and we go after things even with a three, because they, they don't, they probably feel most unseen than anyone, believe it or not, because they're so good at putting on the facade Yeah, that with a two, a three and a four slowing down the way that we communicate, mm-hmm. which is very hard for me too. Um, eye contact, letting them talk as long as they need to, mm-hmm. even when it feels unproductive or in circles, like, yeah. If you're somebody that, you know, you're driven by significance for that too, it's they, they find their significance in what they do for other people. So my son who just switched careers and now he's like learning a new thing and he doesn't feel useful. He doesn't feel helpful. And it's very uncomfortable. And knowing that about him, I'm helping remind him the things he's really, really great at. And, and once he does learn this, how much he's going to be helpful to this company that he is helping from the ground up, like knowing that is where he's going to focus on. How can I remind him? This is your gift. You just have to be in this uncomfortable unknowing, yeah. just like with Sina, yeah. you know, he's, he finds significance in what he do does, what he achieves, how he appears in the world. I mean, he left dentistry, even though he was like, fuck yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> Joey was the same way. Hell yeah, I'm leaving. But it's yeah. the not being good at something or being helpful or being unique with the fours like that temporary season is going to be riddled with shame and having patience. Mm-hmm. It's really important for you. We talked a lot about that. I can't tell you how fast this will go or how slow it's going to go, but I can tell you this. He has a better shot at moving through it faster. If you find some compassion and patience and empathy yes. in this season, he won't be stuck there. Too oh my long. gosh. So I have to just all need to know that like, yes, yes going to be a pain in the ass. No, because I know dealing with me can be a pain in the ass too. But the more that people are in it with me and I feel like they're not going to bail on me, the faster I'm going to naturally move through it. And all of you are the same. Yes. Well, and in that heart triad of like the two, three, and four, if that is you to the person listening into this, it's reminding yourself that that's also what you need, right? That you might start feeling this shame because you are significance driven. And that's a beautiful thing to be significance driven and care about how you're showing up in the world. But that again, has a double-edged sword. And for someone like me who is not significance driven and I don't access shame very easily, um, I had to remind myself and with a lot of help from you, Tracy, you know, I, I should actually share this because this is helpful. Cause a lot of times people look at other people's relationships and think they have their shit all figured out. Mm-hmm. Cena and I were going on a walk and I was feeling really frustrated that he wasn't taking immediate action. Cause to me, action that can give me this dopamine hit and get me out of feeling stuck is always the, the, is always what I do again, a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. But I was saying to you, Tracy, I was like, he is not taking action. And you sent me this beautiful voice text that 
encouraged me to be very compassionate and to give him time and to not force my opinions on him and to not, you know, like tell him that he just needs to take action. And I left my phone at home during that walk. And I did all of the things that you said not to do. And then I listened to the voice text and I was like, this would have gone a lot better if I reminded myself that I needed to be compassionate and I needed to slow down because we don't want to bulldoze people. And even if our intention is great, it's reminding ourselves that it's our responsibility to do the best that we can. Again, to your point, we can't control how somebody else reacts to us. It's not our job to make somebody feel a certain way and we can't. But I do think there's this like beautiful gift that a lot of women that listen into the show care about is how we show up in the world for the people that we love and the people that we want to impact and having this gift of the awareness of people that maybe aren't motivated the same way or aren't navigating the same emotions as you and doing your best to support them. That's a beautiful gift to give to someone else. Let me tell you, I'm in a relationship with a four Yeah, you know, they're significant and the shame runs real deep with a four and I know, like, I thank God every day. First of all, my faith is my number one tool. The Enneagram is right butted up next to it because I know for a fact what I would have annihilated this man with would make it 10 times worse without this knowledge. It's still very frustrating. I still yeah. want to throat punch him from time to time. <laughs> Just do Just something. And I love him so much, but like, he also teaches me to slow down, seeing yes. it teaches us to like feel our feelings and, and the importance of being, having some pride in the things that we do produce in this world. Yes. And my son, like God, the compassion King, like seriously, uh, like teaches me that. So even though, yes, you and I get frustrated with them and their shame spirals and whatever that looks like, you and I have a lot to learn from them as well. So sure. this is the beauty of understanding and looking through the lens of empathy and compassion and love and all the things, especially with the people that we're closest to that tend to trigger us and frustrate us the most. Mm-hmm. Those are the people. I feel like I have learned so much by being married to and in a relationship for 14 years with someone who's motivated so differently than me. It just, it just constantly reflects back to me of like, this is such a cool opportunity for you to grow and learn and learn how to be present, which is one of the things that I value most, but I learned that from Cena so often, right? Because I'm trying to just like focus on, okay, like how can I not rush this process to get through this? Because, you know, he's just motivated very differently. But well, here's the thing with that too, yeah. like with that whole situation, yeah, you blew that walk conversation. You did all, <laughs> but the beautiful thing about you is you're always willing to learn and you're always taking your own accountability and owning your shit. So like really like you immediately like recognize kind of where you went sideways with that. But the reason why Cena was able to pull out of it faster than he might've in the past is because you did see her and understand him and owned it. Yeah. And and because you do think and communicate differently, he's more likely to lean into your wisdom because you've earned the credibility and trust because you took the time to really know Mm -hmm. what, keeps him up at night, what motivates him. And like both my kids today, like they're 24 and 25, both of them, I'm always their first phone call for wisdom. That wouldn't have been like that had I just tried to make them motivated, be motivated by me or like me, but because I see them, understand them and empower them for who they are, because they know my instinctual center is pretty rock solid. Yeah. When they're in the moment, I'm always the first call for wisdom. Yeah. I always put it back on them to trust themselves. And what does your gut tell you? But then they're like, would you have done that? I'm like, hell yeah. And so, <laughs> like, 
that's the beauty of really taking the time to learn from those that are different than us in these centers. Um, more likely to take your gifts to people when they need those need access to them as well. And that's what happened with you and Cena. It was beautiful to watch. It was very quick. Well, Probably didn't feel like it when you're in it, but <laughs> so for anyone that's in that heart center, it's like knowing yourself and kind of that yeah. that might be the emotion that you're navigating towards and knowing someone in your life that you care about that, like, it's, it's a beautiful gift to be motivated differently and to have different emotions that you're navigating. Cause we can all learn so much from each other, but I want to contrast that with another triad of the Enneagram one, nine and eight, which you Tracy as a Enneagram eight. I have, I love Enneagram eights. Like I know I've told you this a million times, but there's something about the directness of Enneagram eight that I'm like, yes, let's freaking go. Um, so talk about <laughs> that triad. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, when it's coming from the love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace, like I can't tell you how many of you that were at the event that stood in that beautiful line to come talk to me. Yeah. Probably about half of them came up to me. They're like, I equally am terrified of you and want to hug you so hard because you said it exactly the way I needed to hear it. I may not have liked it, but I knew it was coming from love and because you care about us. And I did. Um, That hasn't, it's honest, honestly, sister, like even when it is coming from that place, some people aren't ready for it. They say they're ready for it and they're not always because yeah, it is direct and it is harsh. And when, when we, have awareness when we know better, we have to do better. Otherwise we're making the choice to stay stuck. And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. So in the eight, nine, and one triad, we are blunt. Even the nines that are the peacemakers, they're blunt. When they do say something, it's like, whoa, okay. (laughs) Okay. There's not a big, like, even though they're about harmony and all of the things, when they do use their voice, um, it's gold. Yeah. And they are very instinctual and they, they are constantly reading a room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to the eights in a second, but the nines, you know, when we think about Jackie and yeah. you know the episode that you two did about like the polarity in, in you guys and why it works so well. Yeah. Really important. And, and, you know, early in the days of your friendship, when you're trying to yank her up on stage and we're doing this together and she's like, yeah, I'm in this with you, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. Knowing that, you know, she's very good at what's happening right now. And you need that because you need that in your life. For sure. Um, Same thing with the AIDS. I'm always scanning for betrayal and violation and vulnerabilities in all areas. So I'm a protector. I, I mean, at your event, I was like, like the mafia I'm watching. (laughs) Like, and it's really good. Yeah coming from the right place. Right. And same thing with Jackie, like she's scanning for peace for the greatest good of all. And the ones are righteous. Like they are black and white. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. And it's really important. Again, all three of these types, as long as the come from is from love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, it goes sideways when all of these types are coming from a not so good place that anger comes out Um, I know that that directness has been, even when it's in a good place, but for the most part, that directness has been the demise of pretty much every one of my relationships, because sometimes the delivery of it is so harsh that it can't be felt for the meaning that it had behind it. And if I'm really being honest, when I have done some damage, there is some of my own stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, How the nines, like knowing that you're dealing with a nine when they're angry, like you're going to get them ghosting you or, or um, the silent treatment or um, 
you know, that's stubborn, like, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And it can feel like all three of these types can feel like they're abandoning you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was a hard, hard thing for me to um, come to terms with. And then with the ones, you know, they can be so righteous. They are so great about like high standards, high integrity. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. But they can become so self-righteous that people avoid them. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm never going to live up to their expectations. So why even try? And for the ones in the crowd, you might get so stuck in righteousness that you stay paralyzed and never take action on the very thing that you know you're here to do, natural, you know, teachers and all of that. Um, but communicating with them, knowing that truth, independence, autonomy is the number one motivated, no number one motivator, motivator for all three of these. Don't yeah. bullshit any of us. Yeah. Don't bullshit an eight, a nine or a one or somebody that is ruled by independence and autonomy. Because if we sniff out that you're trying to control any one of us, you will get the ugly side of us. Yeah. You'll get the anger and explosiveness from me. You'll get the stonewalling from a Jackie and you'll get the criticism from an Enneagram one. Mm-hmm. And it won't be pretty. Yeah. So it's really important. Like when people don't know me and they start flattering me with compliments, I'm already sniffing out that they have their own agenda and they're pretty much dead to me. <laughs> like, so there's Tracy, I love you so much. I know that you know this on a personal note, but like, I love you for this podcast community right now. The women that don't know you, like I know you that are listening in because sometimes you just need someone who's just going to like, someone is like sipping her coffee on the way to work right now. And you're like, you're already dead to me. And she's like, she's just who she is. And I think that's what really attracts me to people that are like, like an eight that are, is just so direct where it's like, it is what it is. Take it or leave it. Like, I'm not going to handle any bullshit. Right. And I think that's, a beautiful gift. And again, you've, you've noted like the negative aspects of it of like, yeah, it can, you can ostracize yourself from people because you're worried about betrayal, but also you're just like, you are who you are. And I think that that the world needs eights for that regard, you know, like we're the world changers. We're the big action takers, but I got to tell you, like as a mom, yeah, that can really do some damage to the inner children of my children. And so really being my, and I've had like, I would, my kids were 14 and 15 when I found the tool of the Enneagram. So I had to work really, really hard. And I have to be very mindful that that directness, um, I have to package it up in a way that they can receive it. They always know it's coming from love, but I got to tell you when I wasn't my healthiest girl, like I was even scanning for betrayal and violation from my own children. And so they didn't get the most innocent, vulnerable parts of me. And so they didn't feel the intimacy. So they didn't have the trust and they didn't give me the credibility that I didn't deserve. Um, And that's where disconnect happens. So when you're dealing with somebody in the center, or if you are in the center, you have to take into account your part and how others might receive you with Mm -hmm. great reward comes great responsibility. And the greatest reward of me being in your life is I will protect you. I will take a bullet for you. I'll bury a body for you. Yeah. But I also have to be mindful that that comes with, I have to really navigate and manage when things are getting heated. For somebody like you, you can take it. Mm-hmm. For other people, like like for my son, I have to tone it down because it can create a nervous system response in his body that is fearful, even though it's coming from all the right places. So I have to use a lot more words and kind of say, I'm about to get aggressive. Here is why. And this is why this matters to you. I yeah. got you back, but it's going to feel really scary. Yeah. So for, so someone, 
So like for someone who is in a relationship with an eight, nine or one, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they notice them like kind of, whether it is like a more of a stonewalling thing with a nine or more of like, this is the right way to do it. Like, why are you doing this the wrong way? Or more of like a, like push you away type of thing from an eight even. Um, what's the best way to approach someone if they're navigating a lot, right? Cause like, um, I think it's really helpful, like whether it is if you're in a relationship with them or you're working with someone like that, because I think that eight, nines and ones are actually like when you identify who those people are, you know, you're like, oh, I can spot that. Right. Um, Yeah. What, what helps? Truth. Yeah. Directness. Um, Even though like, trust me, I don't love being called on my crap. I don't. I'm my therapist. God love her. Thank God. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. I mean, Anybody tried to call me on my shit before, even when I knew they were right, my bite is pretty, pretty hard. So that being said, when you're coming at an eight, nine or one with the truth, that's what they want. They're not going to always like it. I don't always like it. It never feels good to be called out, even when you know it. Um, Hang in there with them, even if they stonewall, even if they get aggressive, even if they're criticizing you. Like, listen, and and what you can kind of tap to is that vulnerability of, I understand that me saying this to you feels like I'm trying to control you and I'm not, I promise you, I'm not, I understand that it might feel like that because all three of those types do not want to be controlled Mm -hmm. and you kind of recognizing and not minimizing the fact that it might feel like you're trying to control them. I promise you I'm not, and I will hang in here with you and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Because of the because, abandonment. Yeah, we do that push pull. The eights, nines, and ones do this push pull thing. It's like we want intimacy and connection, but if we feel like we're going to be controlled, we push you away or yeah. test you. All three of these types will test you mm-hmm. to make sure. Because if we're going to trust you, we're going to put our independence and autonomy at all remotely in your hands. You better walk your freaking talk. And if yeah. you don't, you will get either the aggression, the stonewalling or the criticism in a yeah. way because then we can all three of us say eight to nine to one. See, I knew you couldn't hang. Yeah. It's so interesting because Jackie has a nine. I know, I know we actually have a lot of nines in this community too, but um, mm-hmm. she talks about like Brene Brown has this concept of a marble jar where like every single time that you're like, you know, keeping a promise to that person, it's like building trust, like a marble jar. And when you have so much repetition of trust built over time, that like that connection is like nothing. I mean, Jackie and I have such a strong relationship because of so much consistency of trust built, but because like you're let in. And when you're let in by an eight, nine or one, I feel like they are so savage where I'm like, between you and Jackie, I have like someone that could literally bury a body. Like if anyone tries to murder me, like they're coming out for you. Like I don't even have to come. So I think that's really a beautiful gift to be in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or family or, you know, whatever, significant other with that triad too, which is. Well, I'll amazing. tell you, like, even with, and I've talked candidly with you, you know, and I spoke at the, at the Empower Her event about like a friendship divorce and yeah. it, it's really painful because this person is an Enneagram six master troubleshooter, all the things, very smart and, and strategic in all the yeah. things. And for the longest time, she kept telling me like, if you need me, I have your back, I have your back. And in my whole body, I kind of knew instinctively that that wasn't true. As long as she wasn't going through something. Yeah, sure. But if we happen to be going through something at the same time, and if I actually lean in my, my whole spidey senses were like, I don't believe it. And the one time I tried it, 
couldn't hang. Uh, So that's why when I tell you with an eight, a nine and a one, don't make promises you won't or can't keep. Mm. Much rather you tell us the fucking truth and say, you know what? If it gets real scary, I might, I might cave. I don't know. Mm. Like we can handle an I don't know versus, yeah, I got your back. And then you, you completely. That's so helpful for someone listening into this. And it's also knowing that for yourself, if you're in that time, if you're an eight, nine or one, that, that means like, cause people can't read your mind. Right. So when you come to someone and you're like, I need to know, like personally, if you can do this or not, even if you can't do it, I'd rather know that you can't rather than you giving me this wishy-washy, I don't know, gray area answer. So that's really like such a simple tactical thing. That's so helpful for people. It's why you and I are as close as we are too, because I know you don't blow smoke up my ass. Yeah. Period. End of story. And in real time, I've tested it. Yeah. Not not to test you, but like yeah. you, you, you walk your talk. And as long as you like, even in, even when you have to tell me something hard or like, I see what you're yeah. doing, it's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> and, and I can, I can hear that today. Yeah. That's right? so good. Okay. Moving to the five, six, seven triad. Mm-hmm. Let's speak to that. <laughs> yeah. So this one can get tricky. And I love what you said just a minute ago is like, we can't read your mind. And for all types, whether you're in the heart center, the instinctual center or the head center, we cannot read minds. And especially when, you know, we're dealing with somebody in a different center, using your words is so important. So like with Sina, with Joey, my son, um, with Aaron, my boyfriend, like, please use your words. I can't read your mind. I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. But let's, because when they use their words, they don't stay stuck. Same thing with the eights, nines, and ones, and also for the five, six, and sevens. Because you guys are such forward thinkers, mm-hmm. a lot of times I know you've experienced this a lot in your life is because you kind of like brain dump at a fast pace. And I saw you do it at like the event, even it was so cute. You're like, I will circle back to this. I will come back to this. I promise. <laughs> I know I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> but you guys need to know for those of you that are dealing with a five, six, or seven, their brain is moving a lot faster than sometimes their mouth or their actions are. Mm. And they have to, they need certainty in some way. Yeah. Right. And in the past, when I'm raising a seven, I used to go into my present moment, instinctual mode. Anytime she was talking, it's like, well, how are you going to do that? 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 How is that possible? And what that does to a five, six or seven is robs them of certainty. Mm -hmm. Because for a five, all of a sudden they can all of a sudden, go into this place where they need more intel, more information, more, you know, and then they start hoarding their information and their energy and their resources. So like being very mindful of that when a five, six or seven is kind of popping off, mm-hmm. let that don't interrupt them. Yeah. Like with the, the instinctual center, like straight shooting it, be direct with the five, six and sevens. Don't interrupt them. Mm. Please. That's a really hard one for me to do. Yeah. I'm so yeah. Instinctual. You're so good at it though, because you know it through, through Casey, your daughter, who's a seven, but also like when we ever, whenever we talk, I know that you're doing that where you like, let me just go. And I'm going, I'm going like around the block. I took a detour. I did a backflip and then I'm going to get back to the point eventually because my brain is circling back, but I watch you let me do it. And you just are so present of just like, okay, yep. We're going to get there. Jackie does the same thing to me all the time. And it, it's noted, so noted, helpful, noted, noted, right? But in the past, I would have interrupted you. And same thing with sixes. If you start, like, especially sixes, they verbalize their anxiety 
Mm-hmm. Fives internalize it. Sevens kind of avoid it. Yep. But the sixes, especially referring to that, that friend of mine, like they have to verbalize everything, yeah. every fear, every worry, every concern. And for somebody like me, I get so frustrated. Yeah. With like Jesus, seriously, like don't yeah. worry about it, which is the worst thing to do, either kind of dismissing a five, six or seven or interrupting them. Because for a six that be like, you're not taking my safety seriously. You're mm-hmm. not like, you really don't care if I get blindsided. Like it's wow. very inconsiderate. And even with that friend, knowing that I would sit for hours and listen, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to all of it. And yeah. we're going to take some action when this is over. Cause I'm not going to let you sit and be paralyzed by this, but I won't interrupt you. I will hear you out. Um, and same thing with the sevens when, when a seven is popping off their brain dump and all their big ideas, if you start interrupting them, they're going to think you're trying to restrict them from all the choices and freedom that they want. Yes. I remember when I was doing this to Casey, cause she's always like, she's a big dreamer. Like you, you guys are so much alike. Yeah. And when she was wanting to get into the beauty industry and she also does astrology, I'm like, you know, you should do this. You should do this. And I could feel her energetically start to shut down and be like, yeah. Like, ah, pop off. We're going to do all of it. Just pop off. Let me hear all of it. Let's hear all of it. And when I do that with a seven, then they're like, great. Now, how, like, what things do I have to, like, what vulnerabilities are here? What things am I not seeing? What, where can this go sideways on me? Mm-hmm. And because I let you do that, because I let Casey do that, like, yeah. I'm, I'm where you go for like the blind spot. Yeah. Right. It's so- well, and it's helpful too, because like, I'd love if you could speak to fives. Cause I feel like fives are one of your favorites yeah. and I am really drawn to fives too, because I think they're so interesting. Like one of my closest friends who, you know, here, Derek, he's, he's a five and he always like has done all this research about things and he does that to get that certainty, right? Like to collect more information and do the investigation to get the research. And it's, I find it to be very calming to me that I'm like, oh, he's got it all handled. But I also think it's kind of funny because I don't do that typically unless I'm in a major like growth season. Right. So can you speak to just fives in general? Because I feel like they're kind of fun. (laughs) Our mutual friend Lizzie is too. And like fives are also connected to the seven and the eight, which is a discussion for another time or, you know, type properly and you understand your framework. It's really cool because you and I are both connected to the five. And what we love about them is they are very direct as well. They're Mm -hmm. unemotional. They don't get rattled by feelings, which you and I don't like to be slowed down necessarily with hard feelings. We like intense feelings, right? Because it makes us feel alive. But, you know, because a five is so kind of um, monotone with the feelings, their gift is non-attachment. It's also their kryptonite, right? But they are so direct. And whenever I have a question, when I know a five in a certain place, because they need certainty that they are equipped with resources and intel, mm-hmm. you can imagine when a five is interested in something or they're left in charge of finding out about something, I will never question a five in their zone of genius. Yeah. Like Lizzie finances, Lizzie's my first call. No question. No question. Like mm-hmm. fives know their shit and 99. Yeah. Don't call me. I don't even know where my stuff is. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like a bull in a China shop. So it could be over there. It could be there. It could be left on the side of the freeway. Yeah. I don't know, but it, you know, so, but understanding that they need certainty that they have the right resources, energy. It's why they're the most introverted too. They want to, they save it up to make sure they have enough. Mm-hmm. That's how we don't always get their gifts. So lean into them, but not like, extrovert all over them. 
Yes. Um, be very mindful and respectful of their boundaries of energy. Like it's, mm. it's very important to them. And if they feel like you're going to impede on that, you're going to get the, the, the ghosting of a five. I, they're, they're next to me, the king and queens of the Irish duck out. <laughs> it's it's so interesting because when you know even for that triad what if you are someone who is a 5 a 6 or a 7 and mm-hmm. you recognize that anxiety is something that you're navigating because you're craving certainty like that's a game changer because I don't think I really fully recognized it until I dug more into the enneagram because I wouldn't have identified like identified myself as being like having any sort of anxiety because I wouldn't let myself feel the emotion of anxiety. I would bolt so fast or reframe it, which again, a gift that I can make anything positive. And I don't even like the thing that people don't realize sometimes is when you know your Enneagram type and you see your own strengths from it too, you recognize like, I'm not even cognitively thinking about how I've reframed something to serve me in the future. It's literally how my brain is wired. But when you recognize if you don't let yourself feel the emotions, you don't get to have that full experience of being a human and you don't get the depth of connection that you're actually craving. And that applies to every single Enneagram type. But it's just knowing that like if you are or dealing with a five, six or seven, even if they don't appear anxious, they are anxious because they want certainty. And I think a lot of people wouldn't think of me as an anxious person. I wouldn't have thought of myself of that either until I started digging into this more, but when you know it, you can actually do something about it too. And when you know it and you want to know, like if we did the six degrees of separation, because some of you might be like, well, I don't get anxious about certainty all the time. I guarantee you, if we reverse engineer exactly why it triggered you, you're pissed off, you're upset, you're hurting, you're whatever, you're angry. A hundred percent of the time, I'm telling you, it will, for those three types, it comes down to their certainty is rot. For the eight times and ones, I 100%, I feel independence and autonomy and control is about to be, you know, compromised. And for the twos, threes, and fours, you've rocked their significance. Even if on the surface, it looks like something else. That's why understanding the motive behind each of these centers is really, really important. So when Cena was, you know, doing what he was doing, I can tell you, I'm like, he doesn't feel significant. Everything about his life is about what he's done, what he's achieved, how he appears in the world. And he completely turned that table over. And although it felt really freeing, now he's sitting in the dirty, crappy, nasty yeah. diaper of it. And yeah. significance is being rocked at a yes. deep level. And you trying to push him is making him feel even less significant. Yeah. And well, and then it goes back to what did I want in that right. time of being a five, six, yeah, feel good feelings. Six, I wanted, and I wanted certainty that we were not going to be feeling this way anymore. And I was like, when, when, like, tell me when this is done. Like, I'm down for you, like feeling your feels and like getting to work, but like, I don't know when the light is at the end of the tunnel. So if you are a five, six or seven, acknowledging that, that that's what you're craving often. And when you're interacting with someone who say you're interacting with a nine and they're stonewalling you and you're over here, like, I need to know when this is done. That's where yeah. you're coming from because you want certainty and they want autonomy and they want independence, right? And they want to feel like you've got their back even when they do that. And it's like yeah. when you're able to, like, I just think the triad thing is a beautiful way to talk about this. But that being said, I do think I really want to emphasize before we close this out, like how important it is for people to actually know what their Enneagram type is. Because we like to, you know, I mean, we all do this as humans. I'll put myself in this category too. We like to point the finger at other people and be like, oh, this is the problem with my sister. And this is the problem with, you know, my girlfriend and my husband, my wife does this. My mom does this. It's like, okay, well, when you know yourself, 
and you can take radical responsibility for how you show up in the world. You can't, you know, and like interpret how somebody else is going to react to you, or you can't decide how they're going to feel about you, but you can control yourself. So mm-hmm. tell them, Tracy, like why they need to get typed and, and also like what you created, because I've seen it and it's incredible. And I know it's going to change people's lives. And I do not put my stamp of approval on things unless I really, really stand behind it. So tell them about the blueprint, give them the juice. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing that you just said is probably the most important. The only reason that me using the tool of the Enneagram in my life is effective is because I turn the mirror on myself first. Yes. Like you can't effectively lead or influence or impact somebody else. If you aren't taking radical responsibility for who you are, how you show up, it doesn't mean that you, you know, beat yourself with a whipping stick, yeah. but the, the compassion and, and empathy lens first yeah. has to be applied when you're looking at yourself. Cause yeah. if you're not doing that for yourself, first of all, you're never doing that for somebody else. You're actually looking at them in judgment. So I'm just going to say that in my very direct, not so aggressive Enneagram eight way. So yeah. that is the gift of the Enneagram. First and foremost, when I was sitting in rehab, learning about it is it allowed me to look at myself with compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I could do that with first my children, then people I was leading, people I'm loving, all the things. Now, if you're going to use this tool, you have to have the right information. And yeah. this is the one hard part about the Enneagram. And because it's so damn trendy right now, people want to take a five question online quiz and think they have all the answers. And it's yeah. just not like that. It's not like human design where you go off, you know, where and when you were born in the time of day. It it isn't astrology. It isn't Myers-Briggs. That is all behavior driven. Like all those are really great. And I love all the tools, but I'm not kidding when I say the Enneagram is the number one tool in my life next to my faith. It really is. Um, But it's complicated because 65 to 70% of the time you are mistyped when you take an online assessment. Mm-hmm. And so you have one of two choices. Either you take your time with this. And I know like if you're listening right now, you just drink the Kool-Aid and you want it and you want it now. And I get it. I totally get it. But if you're going to go at this solo, no, you're probably going to get it wrong before you get it right. And it's going to feel really frustrating, really complicated. And then you may say, fuck it. I'm out. Stupid Enneagram. Please don't <laughs> do that because it is beautiful. Yeah. Now, what I have done and it's why it took me this long, you know, I've been a student and teacher an integrator, which is the most important part of this tool an integrator and a teacher of integration of the Enneagram for 10 years. And even I resisted in putting something out in the world to help type you properly, unless I did one-on-one typing sessions and I've done thousands of them. Yeah. Thousands. And I've used all different kinds of assessments and those, those accurate, statistics, uh, those statistics are are true. 65 to 70% of the time, even with a paid test, people mistyped. And so obviously with those kind of interviews, I was like, okay, I need to find a way to help type people properly so that at least they have the right framework and the right compass to move forward in their life. And you know how they choose to be guided through that, they can do it on their own, but at least I know they'll have the right information or have somebody like me guide them, which is like the holy grail, holy shit. You want that. But in the beginning, you know, I figured this out through integration as well. So I finally have an assessment available to all of you today that has 95% accuracy. And I feel really, really, really great about that. And um, I've put together 75 plus page blueprints on each Enneagram type, not just the Enneagram type, but like your wings, both wings are really important your growth and stress numbers, which are really, really important, but also equally important. And probably the number one reason why most of you are mistyped 
is this instinctual response to life that AI can't always take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And so in your blueprints, we also nail down your instinctual response to life, which can make two sevens look very, very different next to each other or, or all the things, but really understanding like not only where you go in fear and motive, but also the instinctual response to life, whether it's self-preservation, the one-on-one type or the social subtype, like this gives you even more information so that you can navigate a lot faster, a lot more effectively and with compassion, love, empathy, grace, and service in all you do. So I'm very proud of it. Um, not because it looks real pretty, but because it actually is really amazing to be yeah. able to help guide you in the framework and teach you the, the framework that is your Enneagram type. And it's, your, it's a basically your soul blueprint and where you go in joy and pain and sadness and anger, yeah. and all the things, which is the human experience. And that's what people need, right? People that listen into this podcast for you listening right now, it's like you care about self-awareness and how you show up in the world and having this deep understanding of yourself can help you love yourself more, which sounds fluffy, but it's like, I see where I go to in stress. And I'm like, I can feel that I'm stressed because I understand where I'm moving and it helps you, yes, interact with other people better, but like you're the person that you're going to spend every single second with every single day for the rest of your freaking life. So we have to make you a place that you're excited to live in and understand the strengths that you have. And sometimes I think there are a lot of women, honestly, that are listening into this podcast right now that don't even recognize like what their superpowers are and what gift they are as a human being, being fully themselves, because they just need to peel back some of this like fluff and understand like their core motive and how they can show up. It's, you know, I've talked to a lot of women that are following you and watching and listening to your podcast. And they're like, I love that Keisha does. I'm like, yeah, but you're not Keisha. You're not a seven. Like you can tap into some of her gifts, but she's motivated completely different from you. So what you do, if you try to model it exactly like her, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel insecure. You're going to sabotage your growth. Like let's find your gifts so that you can use the gifts of some of the things she brings. Like God knows I need a lot of Keisha in my life too, (laughs) but I am completely motivated different. And when we can honor, like, I don't even like to use love ourselves because if you came from traumatic backgrounds, like A lot of you did like I have a skewed kind of opinion on what love is. It could be abandonment, it could be mm-hmm. neglect, but the word honor, if you yeah. want to honor who the hell you are here to be and designed to be and the impact that you're here to make, the Enneagram is the most powerful tool with the right information um, and then the right integration because information doesn't equal uh, transformation, the integration of it does. And we can't just go from awareness to action. It's this juicy acknowledging where this is all rooted from. It's where like impact happens, transformation and fulfillment in all the things we do personally, professionally, parenting, like all the things. I'm so happy that you created this because I'm going to make sure every single person that I know (laughs) takes this test. So if you're listening into this, um, we'll link the website in the show notes, but also you can text the word blueprint to 512-548-2728 and you'll just get an automatic link back. Um, So if you're on my text list, text the word blueprint because I know some of you are cruising on the freeway right now. You're doing dishes. You're like, ah, what's the link? Well, it's in the show notes. And of course you can reach out to me on Instagram or Tracy O'Malley on Instagram and we'll get you the link and get you set up. If you use code Keisha, so K-A-C-I-A, you'll also get a sweet discount, right? They're going to get a sweet discount with code Keisha. <laughs> yeah. Between now and Black Friday, like you have, like, I don't, don't sleep on this y'all. Like yeah. seriously, 
Hayes' community is the only one getting this kind of smoking deal because I know how passionate you guys are. I know that she really is paving the way for so many of you. And I really want to honor each and every one of you that support and believe in what she's doing and take action on all the things that she um, is pushing you to do so that you can step into your gifts. So don't sleep on this code word, Keisha, go, go get your blueprint and uh, go, get, go get it. And then let us know also if this episode was helpful for you. I know so many people are always asking about Enneagram. They're like, bring Tracy back on the show. Well, I brought Tracy back on the show. So, um, tag us, let us know if this was helpful. If you have any questions, we are both so open. We love talking about this. We love helping to support you in any way. And Tracy, I am so freaking pumped that you created this. Cause we have been talking about this for a while because so many people DM me, they're like, what test can I take? And I'm like, I don't want to have them pay for one. That's not even giving them the right results, no. but you only have so much bandwidth in the, you know, like you can't do a typing session for every single person on the planet. So everyone listening in, go do this. And I'm so grateful for you, Tracy. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Thanks for all you do. Babe. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.